Spirit, I pray for your presence this morning to become more real, more powerful, more tangibly felt by us all. I pray for a fresh oil and a fresh anointing to fall upon us this morning in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, have your way. This is your meeting. This is your message. These are your people. And I thank you for speaking to them, changing, transforming, restoring, renewing, refreshing every one of us today in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Luke chapter 4 verses 18 to 19, says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Why don't you say that with me? The Spirit of the Lord is on me. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because He has anointed me. Everyone say, He's anointed me. He's anointed me. He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The, the word anointed means to rub or to smear as with oil uh, over a person. It's to consecrate a person for a specific role or task. In Acts uh, chapter 10 verse 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. There's a correlation between the person of the Holy Spirit and oil. Oil and the Holy Spirit uh, uh, can be used uh, as a symbol, like the oil can be used as a symbol for the person of the Holy Spirit. It's not to replace the Holy Spirit, but as a symbol of him, as a, as a sign of him as well. So I want us to start to understand that there's, uh, I believe, a a fresh oil and a fresh anointing coming to God's people in this season right now. I believe that the the Spirit of God is is ramping things up and is using people and start to use people in a greater way than we've ever believed possible uh, in the past. Uh, And so I just want to launch into this message and start to see where God leads us as, as I say this. So God has always required his people to advance, to take back all that the enemy has stolen from our lives, anything that he's killed or, or destroyed. And I want to prophesy over you today that whatever the enemy has stolen from you, whatever has been killed off in your life, whatever has been destroyed and you think is unrecoverable, I speak by the Spirit of God and say, it is coming back to you. It's going to return to you. It's going to be restored. Where you thought a ministry was gone, it is now going to be restored to you. Where you thought that something had been destroyed in your life, maybe it's a relationship, then it's going to be restored. I speak it in Jesus' name over your life today where something has been stolen from you, whether it's a a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter, whether it's a a sense of whatever, you know, that you felt that that something's been stolen from you, whether it's your joy at being in God's presence, whether it's, it's whatever it is, I believe that God is going to restore it to you and I declare it by the Spirit of God over your life this morning in Jesus' name. God is calling us as a church to advance and take our communities for Him and for His glory and His glory alone. 
Remember the children of Israel, they'd uh, been released from Egypt and were going to be taken into the promised land. They've got the Egyptians hot on their tail. They come to this place and there's mountains on the left and on the right. Egyptians behind and the Red Sea is in front of them. And, you know, uh, uh, th- th- there was nowhere where they could go. Where could they go? In their own strength, there was nowhere that they could go. But God made a way. In Psalm 77 verse 19, it talks about that where there was no way God made a way. Somewhere that no one knew was there. God knew was there. He taught them and, and led them to this place so that they could cross over. And I believe that God, you know, you might find yourself where you're trapped, you're encircled by the enemy. There's things coming against you. your minds being pummeled by thoughts of, uh, of all sorts of stuff that's going on in your world. And I believe that God is going to make a way for you. In your own strength, there's nothing that you can do, but in strength of God and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I believe God is going to break through and break open for you. God always makes away. God will always make a way. Years later, we see God's people face a similar situation at the Jordan River. They traveled to the river and were ready to cross into the promised land under the leadership of Joshua. And Joshua goes before the people and he says, consecrate yourself, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow God will do miracle working wonder power, uh, work miracle wonders before you and among you. And likewise, I believe that uh, our church is at a crossroads. It's like Father has led us to this place and is now asking us to consecrate ourselves because he is about to work miracle wonders amongst us. And I believe that with all of my heart. We can continue to be a culturally successful church by doing things that create community engagement. We support ecumenical events and outreaches as a part of the bigger, wider body of Christ. I want to say that's all good. It's right and it's important. But I believe that the Holy Spirit wants more for us. He wants more for us to go beyond this and to become a New Testament church and moves in step with the Holy Spirit, releasing His power, His miracles, His freedom and His presence everywhere that we go. There's a big difference between a New Testament church and a group of people getting together and enjoying fellowship on a Sunday. Now, I think that that's a wonderful thing to have happen. We can do that. But I believe that there's more to us being a church, more to our gatherings than just making each other feel good. I believe that the Spirit of God wants to impart life and flow through us as we gather together that we can encourage each other with the gifts of the Spirit flowing freely. I loved what Wendy said about that. You know, it's it's an example of where we just let the, the Spirit of God flow. And you know what? It doesn't matter what people think about us because the Spirit of God is moving. And when He starts to move, He brings life. He brings liberty. He brings healing and wholeness. And I believe that that's what the Spirit of God wants us to do now. A New Testament church is one that through a real living relationship with Jesus moves in the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. God wants us to be a church that's filled with and empowered by the Holy Spirit to bring true and lasting change to our communities, to our families and our friends and our neighbours. And I believe that that is what God is saying to us as a church at this moment. He wants us to move under the inspiration and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Any church moving in this dimension of God needs a fresh anointing. 
We need a fresh anointing. We need a fresh oil to be poured out upon our lives as a representation of the Holy Spirit. See, what I've learned is that a bakery that's making a difference uh, in, in so far as it's, it's meeting its customers' needs in, in sales and profits is a bakery that sells fresh, hot bread straight out of the oven. You can smell it. There's a fragrance that's released. That's attractive. It makes you get your wallet out of your pocket or your purse out of your handbag and you start to fork out cash because you want fresh bread, the crusty loaf happening there. There's a soft center. There's a fragrance that's released. It doesn't sell yesterday's bread. It doesn't sell the stale stuff that we got from, from last week, that, that bread that you know, they cooked last week. It's not going to cut the mustard. And that's what I believe that we can't live off, to, off of yesterday's bread as the people of God. We can't live off of yesterday's revelation about what God wants to do in our lives. We have to work off of a, the, the now revelation of what God wants. We need a rhema word from God. We need the rhema presence of God to move through us as we start to see what God wants to do. And I believe that... Well, does anyone else want that? Or am I just talking to... <clears throat> I believe we are living in the last days. I believe that we've seen so much over the last few years and months, let alone where we stand in history today. Jesus is coming again, and he's coming soon. Jesus is coming again for a, a church that's without spot or wrinkle. I don't know if you knew this, but you're already without spot or wrinkle. He calls you holy. He says that of you right now. Why? Because that's who Jesus is. When he looks at us, he sees Jesus. And Jesus is without spot or wrinkle. He is holy of holies, Lord above all. And that creates an urgency that we can't do church as usual anymore. We can't do church like that anymore. You know, this coronavirus has created a whole new set of catchphrases that are being used by the media these days. There's a new normal. There is a restart. Okay? There is a reset. Okay? This means that things will be different today than they were before the pandemic. Travel will be different. It was different after 9-11. It's different. It's going to change again. Social interaction will be different. Going to the footy, the shops, a restaurant, or a tourist attraction is going to be different. And I also suggest that church needs to be different. Church needs to be different. How we gather together on a Sunday has got to change. We can't just meet to have a good time. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong, okay? That's a wonderful uh, side dish of the main event of what God wants to do. But I believe that it's a time for greater faith and obedience to the Father. In the coming weeks, you're going to hear more about faith. I'm, I'm getting uh, some, I just want to put some thoughts out there about faith. We must do what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. And I believe that we can get an insight from that as we look at Scripture. And I'm going to go way over time. That's okay. That's okay. This needs to be different. This is a word that's got to be done. Acts chapter 1 verse 6 says, So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you going uh, at this time to going to restore the kingdom to Israel? See, the disciples wanted to know what the plan of God was, for Je what his plan was. What, what was he going to do? And in verse 7, Jesus says, 
Well, it's not for you to know the times or dates that the Father set by his own authority. See, God doesn't always tell us what we want to know. What he does do is to tell us what he wants to happen. And this is what he wanted to happen. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In other words, what he's saying is you are going to receive power, but power for a purpose, to witness, to talk about Jesus, to release the power of God. See, that word, Greek word for power there is dunamis. It, it means more than just strength or ability. It, it, it's power in operation. It's p- power in action. Luke uses this word throughout his gospel, and here he includes it uh, in this Acts passage here, and he says, that the authority to drive out evil spirits and the anointing to heal the sick as two essential signs that accompany the proclamation or the witnessing of God's word for people. So we receive power to enter a dimension of the miraculous. Okay, We receive a power to enter the dimension of the miraculous. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 to 5 of this same passage that we're reading here says, On one occasion while he was eating with them, Jesus commanded them. This is not a suggestion. This is not a recommendation. Okay? This, this is a command that Jesus gives his disciples. He says, Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my Father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you ever remember the, the old uh, American Express uh, credit card uh, advert that was on TV, don't leave home without it, okay? We shouldn't leave the, our homes without the anointing, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit being on us. Don't leave home without Him as we go out and do what we do. We need to remind ourselves that. One of the things I hate to do is wait. I'm not good at waiting. I will always look for the queue, like with the, the checkout with the, the shortest queue. If I could get away with going through the 12 items or less thing with 30 items, I'd do it. (laughs) But I can't. I hate waiting. I think think it's frustrating. But I've noticed that as I'm frustrated, but I'm also waiting on God, that he lifts the, the frustration because we're waiting on him. Why do we need to wait on God, you might ask? Well, this may come as a shock to you. There's an element in each of us that is only broken by waiting, and that element is our flesh. We've got to get our flesh out of the way. We've got to get our flesh out of the way. As our flesh is broken and the Spirit of God blossoms within us, we begin to move in and by the Holy Spirit. Have you ever noticed that when we walk in and by the Holy Spirit, But there's a huge difference in us. There's a fragrance. It smells like fresh bread. There's something that's different about us. There is something that's different about you and me. We're nicer. We're more forgiving, more loving, more generous. Lord, make us a people that wait on you. Make us a people that wait on you. The level of anointing and power of the Holy Spirit on our lives is directly tied to the level of intimacy and time that we spend with the Holy Spirit in His Word and in His presence. 
It's a relationship. How can you tell what he wants you to do if you don't know what his voice sounds like? How can you know he's leading if you can't feel his hand in yours? Acts chapter 1 verse 14 says, They all joined together constantly. Everyone say constantly. Constantly in prayer. Spending time with Jesus in his word, in his presence, in prayer, just talking with each other each day should never be viewed as a chore or a duty or something that we have to do. Let his love become such a revelation to us that it completely changes how we see, hear, and relate to God in this day. Let us see and realize that we get to spend time with Jesus every day. That's why I've encouraged so much over the last few weeks everyone to spend time with Jesus. If you've only got a couple of minutes, do Steve uh, McCracken's Be- uh, Believing in You devotional. It takes you about two or three minutes to read, but it's a great thing to read if you've only got that amount of time. If you've got 15 minutes, do the first 15 devotional. Includes a worship song, just has a great devotional there, and you just start to, and it's got guided prayer. It's got guide, just guides you through some stuff that you can read and, and be a part of. If you have, have a look at the version app on, online if you want something to have a look at. Get, there's thousands of plans on the version app, one for anything that you could think of. If you need peace, do a, a devotion on peace. If you need uh, power, then read something about power that's going to encourage you to do that. Rick Warren says, only changed people can change the world. Only changed people can change the world. Moses had a personal encounter with God that profoundly changed him before he freed God's people. Gideon viewed him at his view of himself and God had to change before he could take on the challenge of liberating the Israelites from the Midianites. And then Paul had a dazzling and literally blinding encounter with Jesus and became the passionate and fiery evangelist that we know from Scripture. Saints, let God deeply change us. Let us have an encounter with God. That's part of our our vision statement as a church, to encounter God. From there, everything else flows. Being a disciple, uh, helping others to discover their gifts, their abilities, the things that God's put up, the anointing on their life, that all flows out of an encounter with God. But first, we've got to have an encounter with God. People don't get saved unless they have an encounter with God. You are a walking, talking, living, breathing encounter with God. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, people can't not meet God. I'm not saying that you are a God. I'm saying that God lives in you. Please don't misunderstand me. But I'm saying that that's what happens. People meet God when they meet you. He's chosen to transform the world by changing one person at a time, and it starts with you and me. Yes, God wants to change the world around us, and the most amazing part is that he chooses to do that through you and me. Would I choose me? You would not believe that. I would answer yes, I would never have chosen me. Would he have chosen you? I think he would have. Because you guys are so good looking, brave, bold, courageous. (laughs) Old. (laughs) (coughs) The Holy Spirit's not far off. He's not far away. He lives within us. Living and breathing. Healing, touching, restoring, flowing. His presence must become our priority. His presence must become our priority. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. 
Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. See, this is what made this church great. This is what this changed this city here. This is what changed the very course of history. And this is what will change us and our destiny in our communities. It's being anointed by the Holy Spirit, moving and walking in the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what's going to change things. How do we become men and women who are led by the Spirit? How does infused church become a New Testament church? By making his presence a priority. Just making his presence a priority. We want to be open and sensitive to the person of the Holy Spirit so he can use us. The Holy Spirit wants to bring revival and renewal to transform and to deliver people. The Holy Spirit wants to heal the sick and raise the dead to bring and breathe life into people. And he's looking for someone to do it. He's looking for someone to set aside time to be in his presence. And what's the the response of our heart? Maybe, just maybe it could be the cry of Isaiah where he says in in chapter 6 verse 8, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who's going to send? Who shall I send? Who will go for us? And there's a people that have spent time in the presence of the Holy Spirit, spent time in the Word of God, are clothed with a fresh anointing, are saturated, smeared, and have the presence and the the rub of the Holy Spirit over us. And we reply and we say, Here am I, send me, Lord. As I go to work, Lord, would you use me? Lord, I, I thank you that you've sent me to do this. I thank you that as I go to school, as I go to my workplace, as I go to my school, as I minister to other churches, Lord, send me, use me, flow through me. Lord, I ask you to do that. Why don't we say that even this morning? Make that the prayer of your heart this morning. Why don't you say that? Just, just take a moment right now say, Lord, you don't have to, by the way. This is completely optional. But I pray that the Holy Spirit moves you to say it. Because he has a plan for your life. There's an anointing that he pours out upon your life to bring change, to orchestrate change. Holy Spirit, would you use me? Holy Spirit, would you use me? Flow through me today from this moment forward. Would you cause a hunger and thirst for your presence to override everything else. Lord, that I'd put aside different priorities, different things that I've got on my agenda. Lord, to spend time with you. And if stuff doesn't get done, then stuff doesn't get done. Father, I thank you this morning for your presence. I thank you for your presence this morning. I thank you. Use me, Lord. What does that mean for us as a people? How do we know what God wants us to do? Well, why don't we just do what Philip did? In Acts chapter 8, verses 5 to 8, it says, Philip went to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. In other words, he just told people about Jesus. He witnessed about Jesus. What happened as a result of that? The power of the Holy Spirit's released through him. It says, when the crowds heard Philip. In other words, Philip has spoken. How can people hear about Jesus if we don't tell them about him? At some point, we've got to speak up. 
At some point, our love for Jesus has got to override our fear of man. Oh, you can't say that, Pastor Gary. That's a bit condemning. No, it's true. It's not condemning. It's true. At some point, our love for Jesus has got to override our fear of man. He goes on. He says, Philip, they saw the miraculous signs that he did. So Philip has spoken and they've seen these miraculous signs that he's did. In other words, the power of the Holy Spirit is working through Philip as he speaks that there's a demonstration of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in people. How, what, what did that look like? Well, people got healed, the lame walked, the blind saw, the deaf heard, the dead were raised, demons fled. How do I know that? Well, it says it. It says they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, with shriek, not shakes, but with shrieks, evil spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed and crippled were healed. He had a power to witness. What happened in that city as a result? It says here that so there was great joy in that city. That's revival. That's revival. How good would it be if we, we, we just suddenly hear the outbursts of, of song, praise and worship as, as, in our streets and in our thoroughfares and, and, and everything? Why? Because joy has come to the city because Jesus has been revealed through his saints to the people who've spent time and set aside time to be in the presence of God. The early church is one that moved in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe Father is saying to Infused Church, to us, that he wants us to move in the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, just like his early church. The plan hasn't changed. He still wants to use you and me. 1 John chapter 2, verse 27 says, As for you, the anointing you received. Did you know that? You've got an anointing. You've got an anointing. The anointing that you receive from him remains in you. The enemy's tried to say that it's, it's gone. You've, you've lost your chance. No, you haven't. There's an anointing on your life. It's still there. It's still there. It's still there. It's still there. God's got an anointing on your life. It remains in you. And you don't need anyone to teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, it's not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. I'm just going to close with this this morning. Cry of my heart for us as a church, for me personally and for you, is that we cry out for fresh oil, fresh anointing, a fresh fragrance, fresh bread, fresh word. I pray that we'd be a people that would dare to ask God, Holy Spirit, would you baptize me afresh? I said last week, there's not just one baptism in the Holy Spirit. There are many. There are many instances where the Spirit of God, there's a fresh baptism that came upon people. It wasn't a one-size-fits-all. It was a fresh baptism. There just needed to be a hunger for it. There just needed to be a thirst for the things of God. Can we stand? I'm fairly sure I know most people in this room, so I'm going to address 
our online audience right now. I don't know where you stand in so far as eternity is concerned. What I do know is that Jesus loves you and that he died for you. Your life will never be the same if you give Jesus your life and you just believe him. Just believe who Jesus is. Believe that he came to the earth. Believe that he died for your sin. That he was crucified and then on the third day that he rose again. Jesus died for you. I don't think there's a greater thing, an expression of love, than to realize that someone died for you so that you could be in relationship with the Father. And all you need to do is to believe. I would ask you to pray this prayer with me this morning. Just mean it from your heart. If you just want to say yes to Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and my life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Baptize me now in your Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues in Jesus' name. I believe that if you've prayed that for the first time, that you have become born again and that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Just make Contact with us as a church. We want to get some resources into your hands. Because I believe that God wants to use you powerfully to bring change and transformation to your family, your friends, and to your community. I want to speak to us all here this morning. Has your heart become cold? Have you lost some of that fervor, some of that passion? And you know, you know, you're the one that's moved. God's always been there and been the same. This morning, don't feel condemned. Just make a move. Just make a move. Jesus has sent me to give you this message today. Because he wants to draw you to himself. He wants to, to speak to you himself. He wants to, to, to reveal things from his word by his spirit to you this morning. And onwards in your life. I pray right now for the release of a hunger and a thirst for fresh oil, for a fresh anointing, and a fresh fragrance over people's lives in Jesus' name, I release it now by the Spirit of God. I release it. Draw people to yourself, Holy Spirit. Don't draw them to me. Don't draw them to this church, but draw them to you. Holy Spirit, draw them to you. Draw them to you. A fresh baptism, a fresh baptism, a fresh anointing, a fresh oil, a fresh fragrance over your people in the name of Jesus. I thank you for giving people a hunger and a thirst to spend time with you in the wonderful name of Jesus today. And I thank you for it. I thank you for it. 
I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I believe there's some people here um, who, when Pastor Gary was talking about the fresh bread, sorry, I'm just being really... Ooh, the presence of God is so here, guys. You, <laughs> some of you have become so unattuned to the presence of God that you can't even feel it when it's here. But I'm telling you, it's here. I'm like messed up in my chair completely. But I believe there's some people here. And when Pastor Gary was talking about the fresh bread, hey, it spoke to your heart. And you're like, I haven't eaten fresh bread for a very long time. I haven't tasted the freshness of the Holy Spirit for a really long time. And I believe that there's some people here and you're living off of an encounter that you had a long time ago. And when Pastor Gary talks about something fresh, about a fresh anointing, about a fresh bread, your, your, your heart's like, could I even have that? Could that even be available to me? Sure. And I want to tell you, it's available and it's here today. Mm. It's waiting for you. Pastor Gary didn't say those words by accident. They're actually words that are anointed by the Holy Spirit. Every time he says it, my body manifests the presence of God because his anointing is on those words. And I believe that when that happens, there is an anointing in the room for something to happen. Mm. And so I don't know how this works with the whole social distancing, yada, yada. But, um, sorry, all due respect. Um, but... I just would love to pray for anyone who wants a fresh touch, who wants yep. to know what that fresh bread tastes like. And because I believe there's people in this room, mm. the Lord is waiting for you. He's like, I'm here. I'm waiting yeah. for you. I want to touch your life. I want you to taste that bread. Yeah. I want you to know what that feels like. And it's not a yeah. once-off event. It's not a once-off time. Mm. Um, and so I just want to ask, I don't know, can they come down the front? Are they allowed? No, they're not allowed to. Just okay, so just stick your hand up where you are, and I'm just going to move around the room. And anyone else that feels that as well, yep. that they want to release that fresh anointing, then just move with me. Yep, cool. I'd encourage you to do what Els just said there. If you're feeling the same way that Els feeling, if you've got something that you want to just release into people's world, I just go for it. Just go for it. Uh, just you're all switched on, savvy people, filled with the Holy Spirit. So just do what needs to be done in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone else? There's some people. Yep. I actually think God wants to do a few things this morning. Um, when Earl was sharing communion earlier and she was talking about coming to God um, and we can come to him with who we are, who we've been, with the shame, with guilt, with sin... But I actually really believe that God wants to do an exchange this morning. And I feel like some people have come with maybe a dryness, maybe a feeling like, I think I'm going to feel like this forever. I, f I think I'm going to carry this, whatever it is, shame, hurt, pain forever. But that's not God's plan for you today. So I just really feel like um, some people have to be a little bit brave and maybe people who aren't used to putting their hand up or acknowledging I need help. I'm stuck. And I feel like um, in that 
movement of faith, of putting up your hand and saying, I want, uh, I want God to see me. I want God to take this burden, shame, hurt, loneliness, whatever it is from me. The God wants to do an exchange this morning. And um, yeah, so is that, is that anybody here this morning who feels that way? Yeah, and I am... Um, I actually just really feel like uh, uh, sometimes when we don't want to be seen, God is actually saying that's exactly what you need. You need to be seen. And I just, um, obviously we're not touching anyone, but those that are around this area, maybe you just stretch out their hands. And I just really feel the, the um, just really thinking of that story right now of the woman with the issue of blood. And there are two different stories there. And um, obviously the the... The man, the um, Jairus that needed his daughter to be healed, and then the woman with the issue of blood. And one, Jesus, when the daughter was raised from the dead, he pushed everybody out because that was like a, a, a silent thing. But with the woman with the issue of blood, she had already received her healing, but Jesus still said, who touched me? Because he wanted her to be seen. And I just really feel like God sees you and he loves you. Yeah, so we just pray and we just declare yeah, God's favour and mercy over you, yeah. God's healing power yeah. over you right now. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, and I just, uh, yeah, I just really feel the love of God for you right now. Mm. He sees you. He yep. knows you. Mm. He loves you. And there is no more hiding for you. There's no more hurt. There's yep. no more um, yep. discouragement and despair. Yeah, I just really feel like this is the day for mm. you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, rejoice and be glad in it. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Don't you love the presence of God? He's ministering to people now. He's touching people now. He's healing people now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your glory being upon your people, Lord. Let others recognize that it's your glory. It's your grace. It's your goodness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit.